Welcome to the Seven Hills Church Podcast with Marcus Mika. We're excited you're here listening as Pastor Marcus is about to bring an incredible teaching that is sure to inspire, motivate, and lift you up. You can visit us on our website at sevenhillschurch.tv or download our free Seven Hills Church app to watch or listen to more exclusive content. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed the message. Bibles turn with me to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, and I'm going to look at a familiar story. If you've been in church, you've heard this story, and it's the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They end up in the fiery furnace. Just for those of you that haven't looked at it, I, I believe we'll get some fresh thoughts from it, but the story began when Nebuchadnezzar had built this massive golden statue. And he had issued the instructions, really created a a law that every single day at a particular time when the music would play, the whole nation would bow down to this idol and they would worship. And as this began, these three Hebrew young men made a decision that they weren't going to bow down and worship this, this idol, this false god. And Word got back to the king that they were rebelling against this rule that he had established. And so he sends word to these three Hebrew men and he says, listen, this is what's going to happen. If you don't bow down like everybody else, if you don't follow the crowd, if you don't get in the flow, if if you don't bend to the pressure here, then we're going to kill you. We're going to throw you in this blazing furnace And they send back word to the king and they say, do what you have to do. We're not going to bow down. Threaten us. Kill us. Say what you've got to say. Try to intimidate us, but we're not going to bow down and worship that false idol that you've built. So the day came, they played the music and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stood their ground. They refused to bow down. So the king did exactly what he said. He turned up the furnace even greater than what it had been. And he grabs these three young men. And we're going to begin reading at that point in verse 20. And he says, He commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And these men were bound together and they were cast bound into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire jumped out and killed the men that were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. It's a really good place just to stop and encourage you to praise God because the fires that you and I have experienced took other people out and you somehow made it. Sometimes you have to just say, God, I'm thankful that I'm still here Because other people haven't made it through the things I've made it through. And these three men, they fell down in the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar was astonished because he was looking into the fiery furnace. And he asked the question, did we not throw these three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, yes, king, that's true. That's how it went down. And he said, why is it as I'm looking, I see four men loose walking around in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt at all. And the fourth looks like the son of God. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the mouth of the burning furnace and he called out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He called them out. And the Bible goes on to say when they came out, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. I want to talk to you from this story on furnace relationships. Furnace relationships. Heard a story one time about a fire that broke out in South Bend, Indiana in a computer store. And the fire department got the call. They showed up, but they didn't have enough equipment to put the fire out. So they called a neighboring city to come and help them. And when the neighboring city's fire truck got to the fire, it drove right through the front of the store, literally crashed into the store, into the middle of the fire. And they jumped out and they started to put the fire out from the inside. They were successful at what the other fire department could not do because they were on the outside. They were able to put the fire out because they were on the inside. And the store owner was so happy that they preserved much of his business that he wrote that fire department a $10,000 check. When the newspaper came to the fire chief and asked him, what are you going to do with this $10,000 gift that they gave you? He said, well, the first thing that we're going to do is fix the brakes on the fire truck. (laughs) The point is, most of the time we don't plan on the fires, the trials, the furnace experiences we face. We don't plan on them. They just have a way of showing up in our life and we're in the midst of them. But there are some things that we can learn from being on the inside of the... A lot of people don't catch this stuff. A lot of people don't gather the right wisdom and they don't find what God's wanting them to find in the furnace. And as a result, that thing ends up burning them up and destroying their life. So we see, first of all, a very normal point in this story is that when the king looked in, he saw... A fourth one in the fire that looked like the Son of God. Which teaches us when you go through furnace experiences in life, God will and God can show up in your life in a greater way than had you never gone through that trial and that struggle in your life. And not only in time, maybe not always in the middle of it, but not only will you in time be able to see that God showed up in a greater way, But other people, the Bible says it was the king that looked in and noticed that God was in there with them. So not only will you see God in a greater way in your life, I believe other people are watching you. And when you go through the struggles and the pain and the trials, they even see God in a greater way. So I wish we didn't have the furnaces of life, but when we go through them, we can find that there is a purpose. So not only did they grow closer to God, not only did God show up in a greater way, but the Bible says that the fiery furnace they went through brought them closer to each other. And so it is impossible to go through the furnace experiences of life and not bond with the people who go through those times with you. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had their life before the furnace that they were facing, they 
had one level of relationship with one another, one level of relationship with God. They, they saw God in a certain way, but after they went through that fiery furnace, they came out of it, and not only was there a stronger bond they had with God, but their bond that they had together with one another was at a whole new level because of the furnace experience in their life. So when life throws you into a furnace experience, look for furnace relationships to be born as a result of what you're going through. That there are different levels of relationship and some of the strongest relationships you'll find are the relationships when you go through that furnace, you look around and people locked in with you, they stayed in it with you and that's a bond that is unlike any other. The Discovery Channel was having a documentary on a World War II reunion of veterans. And this would probably be one of the last one be, ones because of the men's age at this point. And they're talking to them, asking them questions. And one of the men spoke up to the interviewer and said, we've had marriages that haven't made it. We, many of us have kids that have come and gone. Some of us, our own children don't even talk to us. But because of what we went through in war and because of the trenches we fought in together, because we are side by side through all of that, we have a bond that's unexplainable. They said we may not see each other for years, but the second we see each other, there is an unexplainable bond because of the relationship that was born in what we went through. And so nothing is more valuable than going through something. And as you go through it, you'll watch certain relationships fade away. You'll watch certain people not be willing to stick in it with you because of the heat that surrounds what you're going through. But you find great value in the people that somehow they did not have to, they weren't required to, but they stood with you when you went through the fire. There's just something about that. I, I understand that, that it's important to learn when I go through the furnace that God's faithful, that God's there, that God never leaves me nor forsakes me, that he stands with me no matter what I'm facing. It doesn't matter how hot the trial or the struggle is. God is faithful to stick with me through the trial. I'm so thankful for that. I've learned that. That's something I can be confident in, but you learn it's the brothers that sometimes you wonder about. Are they really going to be there? when I go through the furnaces of life. And furnaces, these furnace experiences teach you who your furnace relationships really are. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ruth, there's this story about Naomi. And Naomi had left Bethlehem because of a famine. Bethlehem means house of bread. So she had left this blessed place. We know hundreds of years later, this would be the city that God would choose to allow Jesus to be born in. So hundreds of years before that, Naomi's in this city, a famine hits the area, and this famine causes her to take off. She just leaves Bethlehem, and the Bible says she goes to Moab, which means a cursed place. So she leaves the house of bread, this best blessed place, to go to Moab, this cursed place. When she gets there, her two sons marry two women, and one of the women that they marry, one of her sons marries, is a Moabite, 
And this is a cursed group of people. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that God doesn't even want them to stand in the temple. So God really had an issue with this group of people for some reason. And, and so her son marries a Moabite woman by the name of Ruth. So her sons marry these two women in this cursed place. And the Bible says that while they're living there, that her husband dies and her two sons die. So her whole family is devastated in this, this place. And all she has left are two daughter-in-laws. And she goes to her daughter-in-laws and she says to them, you know, because of what's happened to me here, because of the tragedy, because God has dealt bitterly with me, I'm going back to Bethlehem. I'm leaving this cursed place. But you guys, I want you to stay here. Don't come with me. You stay here. Just, just real quick. You should probably never take advice from a bitter person. So she's believing that God's dealt bitterly with her. She's been in this cursed place. She's lost her husband. She's lost her son. She's, she's mourning. She's heartbroken. She's absolutely devastated. And she tells them to stay behind. Don't come with me. And daughter-in-law number one, whose name is Orpa, the Bible actually says, kisses her on the cheek and says bye. Orpah, who showed up when they were blessed, showed up when things were going good, showed up when everything was together, the moment that she starts going through this, this season of her life, she's going through this furnace, all that has to happen is she just says, hey, I'm going this way, and Orpah kisses her goodbye, which lets us know that really, in the furnace, you'll find out there's two types of people. Number one, you'll find out there's the kissers. They show up in your life, everything's good, they're there. But the moment the furnace hits, they kiss you off, goodbye, I'm done, I'm gone, I'm out. They throw in the towel and they look for an easier, safer, cleaner, uh, heat-free relationship. But Ruth, the Bible says, Clave to Naomi, or she hung on to her, or she was faithful to her. She didn't leave. She refused to walk away. And Ruth goes to the extreme to tell Naomi, not only am I not going to leave you, but if it gets to be so difficult that I can't stay in this the way I'm committing to you to stay in this, may God not be faithful to me if I'm not faithful to you. She says to her mother-in-law, listen, I'm not gonna just be with you when everything's good, when everything's, I'm gonna stick with you in the fires as well and I'm gonna stay with you when it's tough and it's difficult and I'm not going to just be a kisser, I'm gonna be a cleaver and I'm gonna stick with this and with you through the difficult times as well and if I don't, may God see it and may God deal with the fact that I've been unfaithful when I really needed to be the one that stuck it out with you. I believe that's why families are falling apart like they are. It's because we have too many kissers. They just see it as something that is, is going to work when everything's good. But eventually the moonlight and roses gives way to daylight and dishes. At some point you have to learn that you're going to get attacked by the four B's. Baldness, bulges, bifocals, and bunions. 
And if all you have is a kisser relationship, you're going to start looking for your options. But it's in the beginning of a relationship that you make the decision, I'm not going to just go through this in the better times, in the healthy times, but it's for better and for worse. Come on, in sickness and in health. I'm gonna stick this out. I'm going to be faithful no matter what. And it's going through some furnaces that makes a family great, makes a marriage great. It's not just walking it out when it's good. It's walking through it when it's tough. And God comes close in the furnace. And you can also end up bonded together as a result. When I think of Seven Hills and some of the things that make this church special, be easy to look around and say, oh, well, this, the music and, you know, all the great things in the natural that we have going on, that that's what makes Seven Hills great. But I need to tell you that the foundation, the core, the, the spirit of this church was born in the fire, was born in the furnace, was born when a core group of people that it would have been so easy. It would have made so much sense. And many, it did make sense. And I'm not saying anything bad about people that couldn't hang on. I'm just simply saying it took a core group of people who made a decision to say, I'm not going to be a kisser. I'm not going to just be here when it's blessed and it's good and it's wonderful. But they made a decision that they were going to cleave and be faithful in the middle of the furnace. And the reason I can look around at new families that show up and I can look around at new people that show up and say, I have no problem telling you this is a great place to hook your life up to is because I already know that there's a core group of people here that aren't kissers. They're not fair weather friends, but they're cleavers. They're furnace relationships and you attach yourself to them. They're going to stick with you, not just in the good times, but they'll stay with you even in the furnaces of life. Every destiny will have a furnace, if not many. James tells us the first thing that happens is the furnaces and the trials build character. The second thing the Bible tells us is that you'll find out who your friends are in the furnace. Proverbs 17, 17, a brother is born for adversity. When all the trials end, the dust settles and the bombs aren't being dropped and the bullets aren't screaming by your ear and you're cut and you're nicked and you're bruised and you're broken and you're muddy and you're dirty and you come crawling up out of the trenches and you look over and you see that there are people that stood with you through that. That's what the Bible says you were born for. You're not born for everything. You're, you and I are born to find people that we can stick with in the adversity. And can I even go one step further? I believe that those are the kind of people that God is attracted to. In a special way, God is attracted to people that know how to go through adversity with other people. We see it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the foundation of what we're talking about, what happened. The king says, if you guys don't bow down and worship, I'm gonna throw you in the furnace and not only did one of them stand, but all three of them stood together and said, if you kill us, you kill us, but we're in this together. 
And Michael, the archangel, found his way to God and said, God, you're not going to believe this. There's three young men down there. They're being threatened. They're going to they're throw them into this furnace, but they're staying together. And the Bible is clear that God shows up in the fire. What caused God to choose them? What caused God to show up to them? It's because they not only went through the furnace, but, but they stood with one another because God is attracted to people that go through the furnaces of life with other people. The Bible says in Isaiah 48 and verse 9 that God chooses us in the furnace of affliction. If you want to know how to get on God's team, be a faithful friend. Be a furnace relationship. If you want to be, when I was growing up and I went out on recess, what we did before we played dodgeball, kickball, soccer, basketball, is we picked teams, right? And that was either a great experience for you or a horrific experience for you. And we have prayer partners after service for all of you that got picked last. When God picks his team, Isaiah says he goes and he chooses us out of the furnace of affliction. That's what he looks for. He looks for people that understand how to stay in the furnaces and the trials and the struggles. That's who he chooses. The very people that we were talking about, Ruth and Naomi, if you go and look when God's saying, man, I've got to find the families. I've got to find the people. I've got to find the lineage. God had a plan in Genesis chapter 3 to make sure that he would send his son, that his son would be born. And he was looking for the right people to make sure, the right genealogy to have his family in. And he was looking for a particular type of person, particular type of people. He was wanting to choose who are the people where is the bloodline that I am going to use to bring my son into the earth to rescue and save them from their sin and from the destruction of the enemy? Who am I going to choose? And if you go to Matthew chapter one, as a matter of fact, we're going to do it together. Matthew chapter one. And you read the genealogy of Jesus. And you look at who God chose. It says, same and begot Boaz. And Boaz by Rahab and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. There she is, Ruth. That's the one that said to Naomi, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you. If I am unfaithful to you, may God be unfaithful to me. If I bow out on you, may God bow out on me. That's the one that God chose. And if you go all the way down, it eventually ends with, behold, the virgin shall give, be with a child and she shall bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When God wanted to find someone, when he wanted to choose someone to be on his team, to bring forth his plan and his purpose into the earth, he didn't go to Orpah. Orpah kisses off Naomi and she fades away. You never hear about her again. The fair weather one, God has nothing to do with her moving forward, at least in the pages of Scripture. But Ruth, God looks at her. And God makes sure Ruth finds a Boaz. And God makes sure that those two together, because she was faithful, because she was a furnace relationship, God said, that's someone I can, that I can choose. That's someone I can use. That's someone I can make sure is on my team. 
And the Bible says several generations later, Jesus shows up through the lineage of Ruth, through the lineage of someone that was faithful in the furnaces of life. Can I just encourage you that when I think about what makes a church great, it's people that know how to go through the furnaces with other people. I believe that God wants to raise up people in this room, in this church, that will say, you know, I'm going to learn how to be a faithful friend. We got people in the workplaces. We're sending our students back to school. And if you're a young person or a teenager, can I just encourage you that the music of this world is going to play. And I'm not talking about secular music. I'm just saying that there is a way, there is a sound of this culture And that sound is bow down, compromise, don't stand for what's right, don't stand for truth, don't stand for the purposes of God on your life. And you have to learn to make a decision to say, you know what, what happens, happens. What goes down, goes down, but I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for what God's purpose is. And in those times... God will give you furnace relationships. God will give you people that will stand with you in those times. And if you have to bow down to the things of this world in order to keep friends, can I tell you, all you're doing is making sure you're gathering a bunch of orpas, a bunch of kissers that are just going to be there with you when everything's good, but they're not going to stick with you through the furnaces of life. So make a decision. I'm going to stand. And as I stand, no matter what the pressure is, no matter what the compromises are, I'm not going to live my life bowing down. I'm going to live my life taking a stand and look by your side. And the people that stand with you are the people 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, those are going to be the people you're glad you stuck with. You won't remember the Orpas because the Orpas will fall off the pages of history. But you know what? The Ruth, the people that stood with you are going to be the people that will define your life and make your life something great. They say this, that your future will be decided by the top five relationships in your life. Think about that. The top five relationships in your life. Come on, let's be the kind of people that make a decision to say, you know what, we're going to surround ourselves with furnace relationships, godly relationships, holy relate. Our friendships should be holy. Our friendships should be sacred. We should really take seriously the people that God puts in our life. And we should have that Ruth, that faithful spirit about our relationships. In Jesus' name, I lift up every person, every family, every individual that's here. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word, the Bible says, is truth and that the truth shall set us free. And Father, I pray for anybody that's the enemy's lying to them because they're in a trial or they're in a struggle and in their mind, they should never have ended up in the kind of difficulties they're facing. I thank you, God, that even in the midst of that furnace that the fourth man is showing up, God, that you're showing up in the midst of that, that you're showing them that you are faithful, that you are present, that you are a God that is with us, even in the fire and the furnace of life. I pray that they discover you in a greater way because of the struggle and the trial. But God, where most people go through the trials and the struggles and they pull away from the God-ordained covenant relationships 
in their life. I pray that you use these people, that you give them the strength like you did Ruth, like you did those three Hebrew children. God, to stick together with those godly covenant relationships that you placed in their life. Raise up furnace relationships all over this place in Jesus' name. In homes, I pray you raise up some furnace husbands, some furnace wives, some furnace parents. God, that they would be able to stay the course. God, some furnace Christians that don't just stay in it when it's all blessed, but know how to work through the furnaces of life together in Jesus' name. And for Jesus' sake, we all said a big amen. Come on, let's give God's word a good hand clap. Hand clap.